On this episode of Mind to Make, welcome to Mind to Make. This is Jeremy Glenn. Uh, my apologies for my voice. I'm just getting over a cold. On this episode of Mind to Make, I'm speaking with artist, musician, filmmaker, and mindfulness and meditation counselor, Josh Reichman. Uh, I wanted to have Josh on the show because um, of his experiences, not only with art making, but also with addiction and subsequently sobriety and meditation. Um, I don't want anybody to think that this is, I have some kind of hidden agenda in regards to spirituality or religion or anything like that, but uh, the name of the podcast is Mind to Make, so I feel like it's important to address not just the making aspect of artistic practice, but the mind that does the making. Um, and I've also experienced, and I still do experience, issues with addiction, and I'd bet I'm not alone in this camp. Um, I think there's probably a lot of people who count themselves as artists um, who are looking for different ways to explore the world, and you know, drugs happen to offer a very quick route to an altered perception uh, of the world. So uh, for people like myself, though, uh, that can sometimes lead to dependence on these substances, and then those drugs become in, more like inhibitors to your work as opposed to enhancements. Um, or at least that's been my experience. So for me, one of the best ways I've found to quiet those inner demons, if you will, has been meditation. And Josh has been one of the people most instrumental in helping me learn more about that process and what its roots are and some of the philosophies behind it. As you'll hear in this episode, we discuss some of those philosophies, uh, how Josh came to find and study them, uh, the nature of mind, meaning, compassion for both ourselves and for others, uh, as well as addiction and suffering. And we discuss the ethical and moral considerations around art making and how meditation and mindfulness can help clarify some of those questions. Um, this is obviously a complex topic, and I think we only really scratched the surface in this conversation. So if you find what we're discussing interesting, I'd really appreciate you either getting in touch with Josh or leaving comments uh, for what you think is lacking. I should also say that I had intended for Josh to give a more fully fleshed description of his tradition's practice of meditation, but uh, we kind of get sidetracked and we never really get there. So if you're interested, please let me know and perhaps I'll have Josh on the program again uh, to go further into that topic. So with that very long-winded introduction, I bring you my conversation with Josh Reichman on Mind to Make. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Mr. Josh Reichman. Josh is a musician, filmmaker, and um, spiritual advisor. Can we say that? Sure. You, okay. you, you tell me. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I think before, just this moment ago, I said uh, it might be easier to, to digest for people, um, <clears throat> like a meditation instruction and counseling. The word spiritual often like yes, sets off that's true. all types of that's bell, true. alarm bells. Maybe we'll take it from the beginning again. No, no, I, I think we should. No, I think we should go. I think that's that's fodder. For, <laughs> okay, good. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here today. Um, I have been hanging out with you in the long run. We started meeting like a couple of years ago, mm. but in earnest within probably the last um, two to three months. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really thought it would be beneficial uh, for the listeners to 
get some information on what it is that you do as I find it's been very helpful to me. Um, in topics surrounding the idea of mindfulness, um, possibly even uh, Buddhist traditions, um, although we don't, as you say, you don't necessarily have to go to those lengths. Um, but I, I found it uh, incredibly instructive for me. Um, and I think uh, people could find it just as instructive for their artistic practice as well as just for their daily well-being. Um, so if we could get started by you just telling people a bit about how you got in, into your practice, into this field in the first place, what got you interested in it? Um, <clears throat> well, thanks for having me uh, here. Um, I, I appreciate what you're doing. I think the first way you described it um, was various ways of uh, looking at health or well-being or the managing of self for an artist. And towards that end, uh, I think that's that's uh, uh, exactly why I got into uh, practicing, first of all, uh, meditation uh, and what's commonly referred to as mindfulness and mic mindfulness now has become, uh, you know, as my, one of my teachers, uh, a Lama, um, puts it, you know, in the West, this whole mindfulness craze and you have apps and everything. Um, <clears throat> I want to sort of just start off, uh, so as to, uh, sort of instruct the listener that I'm, uh, firmly not rooted in that uh, alone. Um, mm -hmm. Now that that whole idea of mindfulness and whatever that means to people, and we'll talk about that in a second, and how meditation fits into that, which as the sort of bedrock of a mindfulness practice, uh, is only a feature of uh, a practice uh, that I that I um, subscribe or that I do, right? And think is ultimately beneficial. <clears throat> so that's not to like. I guess I'm drawing a little line in the sand there up top. Uh, if people are like, "Well, mindfulness," and let's hear what he has to say about that. Um, you may be disappointed to know that I I think that uh, it's an incredibly limited, <laughs> you know. Uh, and people might then be interested to know, well, why why is it limited, and and what else is there, um, or maybe they're um, already. Uh, cluing in that I think the missing piece is ethics mm. um, and a, uh, you know, what would, what should be referred to as a sort of a, a spiritual point of view yeah. um, and spiritual practice woven into that. So mm. they're really inextricably linked uh, when you go deeper into the practice. Yeah. I did want to, I mean, I did want to yeah. get into that in the sense of like, uh, at some point, either now or we can go into it later, but yeah. this idea of, um, I, I think mo a lot of people are introduced to it through the transcendental meditation mm. route. Um, some of the sort of uh, more famous figures, the Seinfelds and the um, Lynch and that. the Lynches and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, um, mm. and we've had a bit of a conversation about that before of how it's it's a part of the puzzle, but it's not mm -hmm. it's not the whole. Um, yeah, that's that's what I think as well. Mm -hmm. um, I can't speak for their their practice. I don't know TM Transcendental Meditation uh, uh, well enough to you know i haven't worked with um you know they have these these teacher advisors who supply you with a mantra as far as i understand mm -hmm. and the practice is very much uh you know uh, described as one where you're gaining uh, sort of uh, insight and um, depth meditation in order to have more um uh far-reaching relationship to you know the the um uh, 
deeper end of the pool of the mind and mm. then there's sort of a freedom and freeing up of of what you could call energy or uh you know potential spaces and so that's not very different from what i'm interested in mm-hmm. um but i but you know like you're saying it's sort of a wed to uh just one piece of it all um but your initial question was how did i get into it so i just wanted to yeah. sort of say that what i'm into is is this this whole other piece right. <laughs> many many pieces that uh of which mindfulness which we should define in a little bit later and mm-hmm. meditation are only uh, not only but are our primary two but are, are not the full full picture of there's more so um and they're they're there to supply to 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 do something else mm-hmm. not to make us more efficient in this world not to make us more efficient um functioners <laughs> is that a word sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know in in uh you know, just in society or in our families or in the world and within ourselves, though it does that potentially, uh, the work is, is, uh, to liberate us from, from delusion entirely, which mm-hmm. includes our uh, projected relationship to the world around us. So that's getting way ahead of ourselves. And, we, and that's just a, like a little seed planting mm-hmm. of the, the, the big stuff. That's but good. I, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe confusing, or <laughs> maybe nonsense sounding to some people, but maybe we can. Well, get I've it. learned yeah. through the practice or through <laughs> uh, what we've been doing yeah. that these seeds are good things to plant. Mm. They sit there. And then you kind of come back to them eventually and mm-hmm. they've grown a little bit more and you, you know. Yeah, there's no way, what I've learned, and, and this is specific to the tradition I come from, uh, you know, and I suppose there's a few traditions uh, interlacing of where I've sort of been learning from, but in one of them, the Galoop tradition of Mahayana, Vajrayana, Tibetan Buddhism is you enter the wheel at, at, at it's spinning already. Mm. So it has the mindfulness piece. It has a devotional aspect. It has sort of philosophical space. It has a, um, you know, you're, you're in group doing that and you even look to a teacher for a faith based relationship to what you'll be learning. So you have to put your faith in another person, which we do all the time, Yeah, but we are scared of doing to someone what it has to do with our, uh, how we perceive reality in ourselves. We mm-hmm. don't want to put that in anyone else's hands, um, which we're not asked to do here, but we're asked to, um, to be guided, directed and, uh, and sort of, um, uh, take on good faith, what they have to say. So when you get on that wheel, that big spinning wheel of all that information and many of the practices in them seem sort of, uh, really advanced, it's super confusing. Um, but, you know, that's the tradition I come from versus the very, very, very slow, gradual um, route, which, um, you know, people in the materialist view are more akin to. Let's let's examine this. Let's, uh, you know, posit that, examine this, test that, you know, hypothesis, test, mm-hmm. come to conclusion, advance on, someone else comes with some data from somewhere else. And, uh, and you're sort of all... Uh, working together now it's not so different in the in in the spiritual work but in order to get caught up you it, because this is a uh first-hand experience experiential um field you mm-hmm. know you you can be told all you want about the nature of emptiness and karma and all right. these kind of things but because it's firsthand in order to even have a vernacular to jump in the conversation you got to have some first-hand experience sure of course so so we get these big words, we get this big download like I'm doing right now and maybe everyone's lost on it or they're going, okay, he knows about some Buddhist stuff and I guess I'm vaguely interested in that. How does it to do with art and all that? Yeah. Uh, and I will get to that. Sure? Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is I think we should be willing um, as, especially as artists actually, especially as artists yeah. to take that deep plunge into those, uh, those, those spaces of the unknown 
um, if we're uh, if we're going to have some make some big difference in our in our deep well being and the well being you know uh, we want for others and for mm-hmm. the world and that takes a little bit of uh, now I'm on the wheel it's confusing um, but I have some faith this will work this will I'll start to I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get up to speed pretty quickly mm-hmm. and we're not you know we're not encouraged to do that we do a lot of lazy stuff around we do a lot of confirmation bias stuff as artists too I like mm-hmm. this I don't like that because we're all agreeing well, how about stepping into spaces we have no idea about and yeah. that's what the mind is yeah I feel that there's the strong themes of sort of which mirror I think a lot of the things that uh, we've talked about um, in terms of compassion and empathy, there is this mm. other component of vulnerability. Mm. This idea of going into un, you know un, unknown space, mm. which is a really internal space. I think it's not so much external, mm-hmm. but uh, that that idea of going out and doing that um, also, well, I guess just being open in general. Mm. Um, so I guess so I guess uh, you've brought up the words compassion and empathy. Um, but first, let me just lay it down that my background is as an artist and as someone who suffered. Okay. Okay. Um, I suffered as an artist and I suffered as a person. And when you say suffer, I mean just all pervasive suffering. Okay. Who am I? What am I doing here? Am I allowed to be alive? Yeah. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. Others are pieces of shit. Right. The world isn't worth living in. Right. Um, I think how it, does this all work? Yeah how can I gain a foothold and have some uh, internal confidence and integrity when I feel like everything I'm doing is either a lie or is what you expect me to do right? Um, or what I'm telling myself I should do should be like reprimanding ballooned ego, um, you know, self recrimination at every turn, mm. deep suffering, and then behaviors that mirrored that type of thinking, right? which is self-destructive behaviors um, you know, in the name of seeking pleasure mm-hmm. or relief, which yeah. is what drug addiction and um, other, you know, other behaviors do, which they're short-term solutions. And mm. um, and so that is not because I was an artist, but I would say that in our world, positioning yourself as someone who wants to, you know, uh, step into the ring of making art. And we can talk a little bit about, the, I view them as t- two different kinds of art makers in the world the two being sort of um, the sort of using the conceptual frameworks that are all around us. Mm -hmm. And then there's the more mystic one is I'm going to go find something that isn't there yet. That is unseen. Mm. Then there's the using the conceptual maps and systems that are currently available Mm -hmm. and making something new out of those that speaks to the already pre-existing. That's a conceptual Mm. artist. That's probably, that's probably uh, people could really hold me again, you know, hold, me uh, accountable for what I just said and, and argue a lot of ways of bringing language to what an artist is. But for the purposes of where healing and mindfulness comes in, I would say that as someone who was really taking the mystic route, oh, I'm going to find, I'm supposed to bring something from the unknown mm. back down here into form and share it. That proved to make uh, me unwell. Mm. And I think it makes a lot of people unwell. Yeah. Um, I also think it's a folly. Like, I think it's a ridiculous thing to try to do. <laughs> yeah. And to I put so much on yourself as the representative for unknown knowledge. Well, and right. If you're this yeah. psychonaut, astronaut, you know, explorer, uh, person who wants to go to the far reaches of 
bringing back symbols and emanations and uh, and create meaning sort of out of thin air <laughs> that we haven't seen yet. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Not using previous uh, conceptual spaces that have been hyper-examined, but new ones. You're actually doing the work of like a shaman or traditional sort of mystic and spiritual uh, you know, person in a community. Um, and, and there's no support for that here. Um, here being North America, yeah, or and, the Western uh, in this world, time, I suppose. Time, okay. Yeah, and I don't think we've seen artists like that yet. That's the other problem: is it's it's a funny vocation that has no, it hasn't been properly um, supported, you mm-hmm. know, by a community and by structures and by families. We don't have language for that. Whereas they used to have language for people that were taking up the the cause of being the uh, you know spiritual guide or you know, shaman or energy working healer, helper, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, sort of a uh, lightning rod for a community towards those energies is creating meaning that way. So if you try to do that, which I did as an artist, I got in a lot of trouble. Right. And basically you self-destruct Yeah. <laughs> because not only is there no support, but there's no, I don't know, you don't know what's going on. You're, you know, and um, you have no, no map, no guide. Yeah, yeah. And so I got sick that way. Um, very, very sick, and then realized that I didn't want to make the divine, as it were, the unknown, uh, the next far reaches, uh, you know, places and spaces of consciousness. I didn't want to bring them into form. I wanted to have a relationship with them personally so that I felt whole. So I stopped being an artist in some ways. <laughs> and I went to, you know, and so I see myself as an artist in other ways now, but not in that way. And, um, and so... Um, though I borrow from some of the mystical experiences to put into art, I don't try to uh, make the art that anymore. That got me in a lot of trouble. I got sick and that really started my journey towards meditation, mindfulness, and uh, having a practice, realizing what I should do to heal. You had said, you know, you're sort of introduced to this practice or you're in the practice in particular that you ascribe to or that you've been on the path that you've been on and you're sort of thrown onto this spin, already spinning wheel. And I think what I was going to say is I mm. think most people already feel like they're probably on that they're on wheel. It. Right. They're on it whether they know it or not or whether they care to be on it or not. That's and we great. all are kind yeah. of in that situation already. So getting your bearings on mm. this insane, you know, spinning wheel or planet or whatever it is but yeah still these questions of why did you make me in the first place and what am i supposed Mm -hmm. to do now that i'm here and you know you're either taking up the cause of someone who's come before you because they've told you it's what you should be doing Mm. or you feel this this calling to something maybe greater or just whatever it is something inside you that you feel like well this is what i this is what i feel i should be doing Mm. um whether you know why or not and whether you know what you should be doing about that. Mm. Um, so I would, yeah, I would say like, I, I feel like there's probably a lot of people on the wheel already, but it's maybe it's a, a different wheel or it's a, a, another sort of way to look at it. I don't know. Yeah. Wheels within wheels. Wheels within wheels. <laughs> we get um, deeper. Yeah. So I think what you might be talking about is meaning. And there's probably a lot of ways to, that I would talk about or offer how meaning is, um, fairly confused or missing in, in a lot of the dialogues now and has been replaced with with a negation of meaning for a kind of uh, irony and postmodern kind of cynicism that uh, really 
inoculates and pushes us away from having to look at the big question of meaning where meaning you know was sort of abandoned you know post enlightenment and um and in the modern era where there was romance you know for meaning so there was a subject object of the love you know for for two partners there was romantic love there was the love for the divine so there was a devotional love so you had meaning and then you had that how that related to your family your tribe you know your your village and your your country and then finally your nation and how that related to its biggest love affair with its god so you had meaning implanted in everything there in the buildings in the art definitely right mm-hmm. um and then you get us necessarily and i think healthily um abandoning that uh, as the individual started to question and question and question and which is a form and and part of um, you know, the wisdom tradition is constantly questioning. Mm. But when you fall too far that way <clears throat> and you no longer have your your compass or your anchor, um, which it should at least, in my opinion, be the earth, right? So, which is, you know, definitively something we should, you know, derive meaning from is our relationship to our bodies and the planet. Mm. When you leave that and you, you create such macro abstracts, um, you get into you get into a conundrum whereby people avoid the deep questions of meaning and replace them with, um, you know, sort of parlor games and you get conceptual art, postmodern conceptual art, humor, um, or you get what's going on now, I think potentially as another offshoot of that, which is a huge amount of rage, uh, because it feels powerful and it's also necessary, right? There's real things to be rage filled about, mm-hmm. but rage itself is only partially empowering. You know, you have to know what, where you're headed and what you're fighting, you know, uh, uh, you know, for not just against in equal, in greater measure, you know? And, um, and anyway, that within there is a bigger thing to talk about too. So I think I only kind of touched on that. And someone could probably that kind of hit bump for me as I just said that. And someone could go, well, we know what we're fighting for. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, I don't know that we do. Um, and it's sort of a big question. This is the ethics question and sort of deep spiritual question comes in where it's like you're you're fighting for a feeling of uh, connection and justice and um, in the name of things like empathy and lesser suffering. But it's not rooted in the same kind of foundational, um, you know, ultimate truths that it used to be. And it doesn't have to be in the old ones. And from a spiritual point of view, even even spirit and meaning is evolving as mind evolves. Because mind is this co-creative, constantly moving thing. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even call it a thing, but, you know, yeah, interweaving phenomena <laughs> between yeah. minds. So there's the nodes you know, that are the individuals. And then there's the macro mind that's evolving. So all these systems um, and uh, languages, you know, keep um, sort of like these webs are sharing information and we're all co-evolving. And so what are we placing our meaning within? And we have to have a shared purpose towards direction. Mm-hmm. And you have what's going on now, obviously socially, which is probably always going on, you know, which is, but now it's a little bit more, we're watching it really acutely right now. So meaning is what you're talking about. I think people get on that wheel of what am I, who am I, where am I going Mm -hmm. and what's going on with everyone else? How should I be? Um, And they do that without uh, being taught anything to do with like, you know, what we put our, what we put our, uh, our ultimate value in. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that good spiritual systems actually have an answer to that. For instance, Buddhism actually does. It's not, it's not completely relativist. It stakes its claim and it's metaphysics on rebirth, karma, emptiness 
which are huge topics, you know, mm -hmm. but they're, but they're, they create order in some way for your yeah, direction. I mean, it's, I mean, it's one of those, it's a grand question if you're <laughs> not, but if you're, you know, ultimately it's like, well, what, what are you doing it for? If you're going to mm. pursue whatever it is you want to pursue, mm -hmm. um, clearly you're getting something out of it. I mean, there's all, you know, there's this major theme in, in Buddhism of impermanence mm. and recognizing the impermanence of, of things um so if you know if you're just, you're not doing it for yourself are you mm. doing it for your children if you don't have children are you doing it for the earth are you doing it for mm -hmm. communities yeah um and yeah i think that that i think that trying to determine what it is and why you're doing what you're doing what you should be doing uh, those mm. are you know maybe some of the the biggest questions um and then maybe to turn it from that to not necessarily relying on somebody else, but then recognizing what power you kind of hold within yourself. Mm. At least for me, I feel like that that empowerment can in itself give it give you some meaning. And that's part of what I draw is at least powerful from not necessarily mindfulness in itself, but um, but that practice at least gives you some recognition. And, and I know there's the idea of non dualism and. We can we can get into this. We're getting into some very like just <laughs> just deep in right yeah, away. Just deep, just, like, I just right sat away, down. Yeah. I had a coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, but uh, but the and the idea of self and all that. But but yeah. I mean, um, maybe we can talk a bit about yeah meaning and as it relates to you know your just just caring and, and yeah. compassion for yourself and mm. maybe uh, maybe meaning is not necessarily a part of that i mean i know that it is in the in the greater sense for, for yeah. buddhism so bring it back more local <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> yeah i mean it always starts and in a way it always ends there i mean the big philosophical things as it relates to what how people should or, or can be yeah we only have our subject subjective experience um, for the most part to 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 really worry about um so like, I don't know, I, I uh, see that my own happiness has grown as I've continued to train myself to feel um, forgiving and compassionate for um, everyone. <laughs> right. So then everyone goes like, well, right away, that's like, well, not everyone, you know, right. like, yeah. and then, okay, so not, not, um, not, you know, when I'm put your put isis in there or you know your donald trump's whoever you don't like or yeah. then your neighbor and then not that person who abused you right and um but then if you look if you it depends on your lens and this doesn't now this is really gets really um we have to be careful here right but um we're not excusing you know behavior we're trying to understand behavior and we're forgiving sort of the being there and uh, there's lots of methods to do that you know you can look at people as as um simultaneously the children they were loved or unloved and we can look at them as sentient beings so their mind streams you know confused deeply ignorant beings that have found recourse for generating meaning and power you know through 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 what they feel are you know they have no they have no uh option but to do what they did mm. and that's not an excuse that's an explanation for why we all do anything so the compulsion of an addict like me 
uh, when I acted on those things or when I get angry or when I'm um, just walking down the street and I just randomly judgmental of someone deeply when I, you know, sexual compulsion, um, sexualizing other people um, feel, you know, any of the number of things that feel uh, I wouldn't even say second nature. They're just, they're just <laughs> natural. Well, they're the impulsivity of what's called the, you know, on the wheel of uh, you know, what's called in the, you know, 12 interdependent links of causation in Buddhism I, I can't name them all right now. <laughs> One of them is uh, the hedonic impulse. So there's this hedonism as human animals. So I think the more we under, and I'm just, I'm just pointing that out to say, mm -hmm. we can understand what the hell is going on with everyone and then rationally find you know, reason to be compassionate towards every living, be you know, every human, first mm -hmm. of all. Mm -hmm every living being and understand it's easier for us. A lot of people with animals like, Oh, they didn't hurt anyone. And, and they don't, they don't have that sort of choice. So we excuse anything they do. And in some ways humans are sort of like that, you know, we're sort of right caught between the angel animal, you know, point of view, you know right. what I mean? Like we have the possibility of governing our behavior uh, with this mindful um, point of view, you know, deeply. And, and then you have these, you know, you have experts in that who become, enlightened mm -hmm. and then you have people who have not been given a chance and become murdering raping you know hate beings uh, just just feeding on that impulse and building it right and mm -hmm. spreading it mm -hmm. so compassion and that's an extreme example of what i'm saying is in our own families and with ourselves we just have to look at what we are not who we are to begin right. compassion right Part of what I wanted to do with, with this podcast was um, recognize the role that art can play in sort of communication, in shared experience, mm -hmm. and um, and facilitation of that idea of, of community, I think, in general. And just to, you know, if if for nothing else, to, to enable more of what we're doing right yeah. now. Yeah, you totally. Know, I think there are probably lots of people out there, and myself included, who, you know, you get into the practice of starting to make something. And then at a certain point, you start to question, like, well, what? Why did I do that? Like, I, well, I really liked music initially, and I thought I'd write some songs, and that was fun. <laughs> but then I started yeah. to think, like, well, should I be saying something? Am I supposed to be saying something? Is mm. is that my role now? If mm. I've been given even a minor amount of uh, recognition for what I've done, or now people are starting to see what I've been doing, mm -hmm. what you know, should I keep doing this? And what's the direction I should go in? At least for myself, that's something that I've you know. Uh, struggled with and this is kind of where I'm at now and I think why I'm trying to do a little bit more of this introspective work yeah so I, I'm not trying to like rely on you to say yes this is what you should do <laughs> but I guess it's more I hope not yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I know but I think it's more um, just the benefit that one can gain from that practice uh, first I just wanted to say that uh, meaning with art for me has changed because mm. of a um because of you know my spiritual practice um Kontrell Rinpoche is one of these uh, Tibetan teachers uh said you know a lot of people in the west uh, there's a real virtue waiting for inspiration like you don't mm. do you don't do the thing till inspiration whereas fundamental to buddhism is you're generating inspiration mm. like as a there's, there's nothing sexy about it you know mm -hmm. it's not a lightning bolt and then you you know 
and then you're ready to be nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> which, which, you know, I mean, that's a huge, a huge differentiation there, right? In approach. And that is what Buddhism, uh, I think, as I understand it, is, is trying to call, you know, you are cultivating. It's just training. It's right. like, I came in grumpy, angry, lonely, isolated, uh, hate-filled, resent, re- jealous, you know, resenting, uh, feeling a deficit of love. Mm-hmm. And now these trainings can, through perspective, and then through actually, you know, yeah, and, and obviously neuroplasticity um, is looking at the material side of how the brain is being affected and nervous system as well. Um, we can create new new habits, new physiological, um, you know, somatic thought process uh, responses and re- and reaction changes, mm-hmm. perspective changes. Um, and that, you know, the way they're mapping that right now and fMRIs and all that, and I don't know a lot about that stuff. It just, it was part of the schooling I did as more tertiary. It wasn't like, you okay. know, but yeah, we're seeing all that. So perspective changes. And I think how that, uh, and then obviously um, how it happens is what we'll talk about in a minute, how to do it, mm-hmm. right? That's important. Everyone's like, okay, well, how to do it, you know? Yeah. But, but just about art is, uh, I think then the, the one will necessarily want, I mean, maybe it makes art worse. I don't know. Maybe the suffering art is what is what we value because it says a lot about suffering. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, that seems to me to be more in line with what people enjoy um, because they feel, uh, they feel some kind of... Uh, therapeutic value in seeing the complexity of neurosis and suffering uh, how it displays for another person their existential confusion and humor and sardonic stuff like that right? right but so i don't know that it's good for art that's why i said earlier when i the the mystic you know i pulled the sort of mystic out of because it was killing me to try to make it art that was a confusion mm-hmm. and though that can make some cool stuff uh i uh I realized that what I really wanted to do was just be in contact with that stuff for my own, uh, you know, my own mind and heart's well-being. So, so I don't know how they interface, but I do think that if you, uh, for the very least were to train one's mind to be less reactive, you could probably be a more productive artist. How about that? Like, how about that for like, (laughs) like get your money's worth, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, so, you know, there's a, I mean, it's a bit of a conflict because we, before we were talking about this idea of, um, of it not just being about something for the purpose of like strictly for doing sake. Right. Yeah, and that's the one I kind of, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I do, I, I will say, um, focus does seems to be less of an issue for me anyway, but there is a reoccurring theme that I've found in just work being something that has been, has benefit practice, having something that has benefit not like you said, not for waiting for the, for the muse to come or for inspiration to, mm. to strike, but in, in that practice and that practice being something of benefit in itself, you know, um, just sitting down at the page every day yeah. to do your drawing or your writing. And you don't have to be a Buddhist. That's not a Buddhist idea. That's, that, a, that's yeah. a normal thing. Like yeah, painters paint. Like yes, it's, we know that. Paint. Yeah. yeah. You know, but maybe there is some small aspect of that in which you're accessing a similar kind of mechanism in mm. the mind. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's, if, if anything, you're kind of not shortcutting, but you're kind of getting there a bit faster, right? You're, you're, you're putting your mind in that process. Um, and I think it's, to me, it's more about, again, recognizing within yourself, I mean, maybe not even where you should be going, but definitely where you don't want to be going. Well, that's a great, that's a really great 
starting place. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, texts in, in what we study that is exactly that. Um, you know, it's firstly, it's firstly that what we don't do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. as you know, when they say right action, right speech and all those things, uh, it's, you know, don't put the poisons in your body. Don't kill someone. Right. So w- earlier I was blabbing about like ultimate truths and stuff like that and mm-hmm. like pinning your functioning and point of view to something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe from a Buddhist point of view, as well as I understand it, it would be, you know, precious human life, right? We, okay. we have this precious human life. So even if you don't buy into rebirth, you don't, care about the metaphysics beer into some of the some of the nice like some of the ethics meets uh deeper understanding of your mind and how to relate to the world stuff like that you would you would say well i have this precious human life and in buddhism it's precious human rebirth but precious human life like okay well why is it precious and you can start there mm-hmm. of with and what you find is you 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 can you can it's harder to go negative actually about that it's actually wow i have an opportunity here at the end of that if you're honest mm-hmm. about the assessment of of and it brings one to gratitude right and then if you practice that of oh i have this opportunity like i don't care what happened to me i don't care where i came what what happened so far um, i care but meaning like I'm here mm-hmm. and, and really resting in the present time awareness that we got here. You and I got here to this. We're both sitting here. We want to, you know, sound good and the thing. And, and here we are in this little room and our, we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> and there, that can be con- just contention there, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, but we don't need to do that. Yeah. What's called on the mundane level or what's called the conventional level. We're here. Right. right? From, a, from an ultimate truth, uh, you know, ultimate reality, from but space. Um, we are not because we're not, these people, but we're here having these mundane experiences and we're so lucky and we can steer them and with gratitude if we steer them with gratitude that we have this opportunity of this self-awareness we want to deepen our self-awareness and deepen our gratitude and we do it pinned to the point that we've been given this precious human life mm. and i think that you start to get some meaning happening of mm-hmm. like at least that you know and then if you view others as having precious human lives even if they're wasting them and trying to take other precious human lives, you can at least still see that they have a precious human life. So you don't just take precious human life for granted. um, And you treat someone we're speaking with, even arguing that at the bottom underneath their shitty way, is there a precious human life? They, they were given the opportunity too, you know, and that, that I think begins something of the practice when you get into your meditation practice, when you get into that is, you know, some lamas, they just do that. They just say it over and over again. Like literally they're just quiet meditation. They're like, first, um, remember we have a precious human life. And then Mm -hmm. you kind of go like, this is kind of boring. And they're like, always important to keep in mind this precious human life we've been given. And you're like, Okay. I get it. I get it. But do we get it? You know, that's what meditation is, right? One object. You're not, you know, it's not flying all over the place. Right. It's, what is that? And you could spend a few years on that, you yeah. know, or you could spend a night on it. I don't know. Or yeah. maybe you've thought of it for, for so long and people are like, I know, I'm, I know about my precious human life and it hurts and my knee hurts. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm constipated and I'm sad and I'm not rich enough. Yeah. But, and those are on the mundane level. Those are true things. Those yeah. are creating suffering. Right. Yeah. But you know, it's it's kind of trite but it's like we're gonna die and you have a precious human life and it creates a resting space to begin the rest of the work yeah 
Um, I have no idea if that answered anything that we're talking about. I think it's the beginning of a creative process, having a boundary, like having a beginning. For the, for anybody that's listening, I think maybe we've been meandering quite a bit, but I think it's okay. Honestly, I think what you may start to glean from this process is that it is complicated. Mm -hmm. It is not a, I don't think it is the simple, uh, and I think we've, you've even mentioned this, this idea of mud, this sort of dirty human existence. That's like, we are, we're all sort of rolling around in the like ethical mud of, Mm you know, what we should be doing, but wrestling with these problems, I don't see that as being, I see that as being maybe the most important question yeah. uh, that maybe any artist could ask themselves, you know, I um, kind of think, aren't, I, see, this is the thing that happened for me. I'll just talk about, uh, as an artist for a second, yeah. <sighs> enough of this, like, blah, 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 you know, Buddhist thing. Cause maybe people are like, okay, whatever, Buddhist guy, I'm, you know, like I'm a drummer or something right. or I make, I weave things right. or I'm a postmodern weaver. Yes. But like, I thought everyone was wrestling with this stuff. I thought people were were like into like deeply wrestling with this stuff, and I thought that they had come to the conclusion that this precious, uh, fragile human life, and they had a they and because of that, they'd had mystical experiences. Right, and I realized that that's not the case with a lot of artists, and and that made me feel really weird. Right, I didn't know that wasn't the point of making art. Right, I really didn't. I yeah. and and since then, I've just and so I hated other art. I was like. It's so tacky. It's just fashion. It's just, which I don't hate fashion. I like fashion, but, yeah. but don't it, but I thought art was what I'm saying. I'm kind of yeah. dissing myself here. Yeah. I thought it was supposed to be yeah. a spiritual vocation. Yeah. Like I didn't know it was just aesthetics or political aesthetics, you know, which ultimately everything's kind of spiritual and has the political in it and is aesthetic. You can't get it. They're all, see, this is the thing with Buddhism. It's great. Cause like everything's interdependent. So it kind of just, you get to look at everything. Yeah. And that's why I sound the way I do is cause like they really do yeah. weave together. But yeah. I, what I'm saying is I was disappointed to find mm-hmm. that others weren't, weren't interested in some of these things um, as deeply as, as I was suffering with them. It doesn't make me a better artist. I don't even think my art was, was good because of it. I think my art was weird because of it and mm-hmm. maybe good sometimes and, and really failed to speak accurately about those things mm-hmm. and to find an audience because of it. Right. Mm-hmm. That was because I was slightly in the wrong job, right? So if you are an artist, I'm not saying, you know, you have to, to know all this stuff, but like you just said, um, underneath the the pull towards making things, that this stuff is there somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's, it's somewhere in there, yep. if it's, whether it's political or it's your aesthetic. Your aesthetics come from like sacred geometry. Like, do you know that your aesthetics actually relate to the spirit realm? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like maybe you don't know that and yeah. you're just doing things. That's yeah. what I see a lot of like, here's a pentagram. Here's a pink pentagram. It's like, do you know what that is? Yeah. Because it's not that it, it itself, once again, from a from an ultimate reality point of view is something, but it functions as something as right. we know, right? Like right. symbols are placeholders for energetic, uh, you know, portals of information that actually hold bigger uh, importance than like language can convey, right? So if you're using symbol and you uh, color, frequency, noise from music, all these things have an effect on the, the, you know, on the body and energetic system of a human being all the way into the spirit realm. So mm-hmm. that's what bothers me is, yeah. is an ignorance. Mm-hmm. I guess ignorance bothers me, you know, and it bothers me in myself. Yeah. I feel, and this is, Maybe this is good. I feel dumb. Mm. 
Mm. I feel less than because I recognize that there's things to to understand even before I wield them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Especially with spiritual stuff, you know. And people people wield crystals, wield you know, they wield language, they wield faith, and they have. And I do this too, right? We because humans are messy and we want to play fast, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like God, oh, give me the stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Yeah. But there's danger there. And they think there's danger in your in one's art too. What are you saying? And people are like, well, I say whatever I want. Well, yeah, you can. You can do anything you, you want to the best of your ability, right? Yeah. So you get into ethics again. What, sh- what, what Well, yeah, what should you be doing? Mm-hmm. And if you believe in precious human life, and then you take it further than that, and you're, what's the project of a human civilization based on that mm-hmm. to alleviate suffering, optimal lessening of suffering? you get into your own personal responsibility. It's not a systems approach about communism, socialism, or some new paradigm thing. It's what are you doing with your ignorance, Mm. right? That's the bottom line with any spiritual pursuit is, um, you know, and I think artistic pursuit is, you know, like you feel all that big stuff bubbling up in you and you want to make something. Yeah. But, but if you don't understand the, predecessors utility use of those symbols and structures and not just their political things but what they what they how they emanated and affected others right you've got powerful tools at your disposal especially now Mm -hmm. right and you get a lot of haphazard and messy play right now and uh and it's all like i said it's all done in this sardonic ironic um cynical point of view because it's not married to a sense of meaning that even has the earth at its core right mother Mm -hmm. nature doesn't Mm -hmm. even have that Mm -hmm. sometimes it pays lip service to that i'm an environmental ecological gaia worshiping person with a tattoo you know no you haven't experienced firsthand you know maybe the tree you know (laughs) yeah i'm being really serious so everything's experiential subjective your own thing and this is what people are so scared of is to get in out there into the into the into their own with using their bodies and energy uh, their own energy and you know what does energy mean? What is your body? What can it do? What is it made of? Have you investigated what's going on? Why do your guts hurt? Why does your heart hurt? You know, why does the center of your chest feel stress? Mm. You know what I mean? Um, oh, why? Like, is it a, a somatic experience that your physical heart, that, that organ is receiving stress from ideas you have? Or is it more than that? Is it relate to how you think constantly? Nothing happened to you, Right. How did you respond? What kind of training have you done in how you perceive the world in order to, to, to mitigate and regulate your response? Mm. Right. So then you start to train yourself and you start to train your point of view and you start to open your heart and be compassionate that others, including yourself, everyone is ignorant and suffering and confused, mm-hmm. deeply confused mm-hmm. more than even I'm getting to now, like deeply confused. Mm-hmm. Then you start to get to, uh, what should I, should I, or shouldn't I do because I don't want to create more confusion and suffering. I want to help like pull people out of suffering or I want to help first help myself get a little bit out. And then maybe I can offer, Hey, this helped me. Right. Mm-hmm. So sitting and meditating helped me. Mm. All, all of that. For that. <laughs> yeah. But the simplest things from the, maybe the most complicated and vice versa. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. what you said a second ago. And I, I just don't want to avoid that. And yeah. also I'm sure some people are now like, blah, it's too much or that's annoying. But yeah, others no, might be like, oh, I totally relate to this Yeah, idea. But I, but you know, I think the, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is that I, I think that, you know, seriously, I think people need to, to recognize these things because otherwise we run the risk of going into this sort of just ridiculousness. Like, 
a, a realm of like, and maybe there's room for that, and it has. Yeah, there's definitely has, room for absurd. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, I love. Sh- sure, I love it. <laughs> sure, but I mean, but I, yeah. but I think um, if it is a question of um, you know what should be done, and you know if if, if art is going to serve some purpose to better communicate something, well, then we need to think about the words that we're using to to mm-hmm. put forth that idea, um, mm-hmm. and be and be critical in doing so. Um, and I will be the first to say that I'm probably not even, I'm not doing that in my own work, even well, now, you know, fail that. Yeah. Sure. I, I've failed that constantly. Yeah. You look back and see where, where it, where it hit the mark and felt genuine and where it felt contrived. I mean, it's mm-hmm. pretty normal for people, mm-hmm. right? It's like, ah, oh, it was kind of bullshit. And yeah, but maybe, you know, giving some more serious examination to that process, as opposed to just trying to write, you know, 10 mm. tracks so you can say, I got that album done and I'm going to put it out, or I've got that, you mm. know, that show's ready to, to premiere now. Um, putting a little more consideration into that could potentially benefit everybody that mm. much more. Yeah. I think, um, I think good, good artists, uh, sorry to interrupt. No, I, I think, uh, I think a lot of people do that, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're probably most people listening do that and think I, I do that. You know, they think mm-hmm. I do that. And then I guess it's just, do we want better tools to go deeper into, into that? Are we scared to find out, you know, what to find what we might find, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, and there's a lot of gifts there too, by deeply looking at our motivations and what makes us uh, function and how we perceive things and, and, and uh, how that perception is propelling us. Mm-hmm. And then say it propels you into art. It's like, well, you know, there's a lot of aggression in art making, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of competition. And then there's a lot of communal activity of wanting to be in a shared sort of environment and energy. So I think taking it all and really honoring why we're doing any of it uh, is is a start and then going deeper than that you go okay well i'm going to emanate i'm going to be projecting um these visual and sonic ripples you know <laughs> and and solidified forms thought forms into the world that will be uh you know, broadcast and, uh, and circulated through electricity and into people's eyeballs. And then we'll, uh, permanently or impermanently, but like, you know, uh, strongly, uh, you know, imprint. And so, uh, there's a responsibility the way every word we say is like a spell, you mm-hmm. know, it's like we say things to each other on the street and if they're haphazard and they're, or, or if, or if they're done, um, with sort of flimsy intent or, or just toss offs, you know, which most discussion is, or we're just playing with conceptual spaces and we are just examining together and that's our excuse, you know, or we are, Oh, I was, I just said that because I was angry or I just made that cause I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I made that because it's funny. Um, you know, these it's, it's good excuse, but is that a good enough reason? You know, have you been responsible? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a lot of, uh, value in responsibility. And I think that's what you were talking about. That's mm-hmm. what I'm hearing mm-hmm. is like, are you a responsible actor in the, the process of um, being a maker? Mm-hmm. I think the more you get into that, the, 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 in some ways people will care more about your work because you're, t- you're taking it seriously. Yeah. Uh, also you run the risk then of people saying like, don't be parental in that way. I don't want to hear what you're, you know, I want to, yeah. I want to, you know, anarchy, you know what I mean? Like, blah, I just want to, I want to wreck stuff. And that's cool too. It's like, you want to be, you know, the God of 
chaos in your work and and you want to wreck things and um and, you, know, you want it, the thing to be wrecking itself as it unfolds and in that has virtue and power yeah. and looks like a self-refuting thing like a human that smokes it's like you know it's an ul- ultimate refutation of life and death because you're like i'm controlling my death i'm yeah. just dying yeah yeah but that's still ultimately finally all those things are not as powerful as something that makes the declaration towards precious human life the yes yes, yes. When people do things that create decay and create, um, uh, you know, necrosis, like something, something crumbles in on itself or it's very temporary, like fashionable art or like saying something that's just tossed off and I'm just, I'm just kind of fucking around with you. And, and so we're supposed to play with that. Or I, I just, I'm just saying what I think about this political thing and seeing what you think. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Or here's my art that's sort of, you know, cynical and pushy. And, and I've done that. Right. I get, I get it deeply because there's a lot of power in that. You're like, wink, wink. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it's a power that's got a lot of cowardice in it because it's like it's like yeah yeah but what's the step after that yeah because that that You're just begging the question now. Mm. yeah yeah dude so you know what i'm saying yeah. this is maybe where i say words like ethics and shit like that and i think some people go like yeah of course like we want to make stuff that especially these days like younger people than me because i'm old ish um you know they there's a lot of work done in the name of of these sort of uh, political spaces these days and um for any listeners that that's their their modus operandi um there's a danger in that too because right there you just you took your personal out of it and you just yanked your 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 juice your energy (laughs) yanking juice you just (laughs) pulled your energy and uh dispersed and shared it with a with a cause and that could be dogmatic right right and then what you have is then like well did i serve the cause and who's the arbiter who's the decider of that cause and if it's a collective then you're just you know is your thing going to be judged by this collective and who who are who's saying what value it had and did it make any difference or could have you just been more genuine and honest and pointed the lamplight of your own genuine honestness and your own healing path to show people what it's like to come more into one's individual sovereign uh, evolution as a point of view to seem more to become more sane. You can't force people into a saner world. Is my sort of my sort of point of view, uh, and that has a political dimension as well. You gotta you gotta just you know show it by how you do things. Mm-hmm. And that's what you know. We can broadcast all we we can we can we can rant about how it's a good way to do it for ourselves. But ranting to tell others what to do. I guess what I'm saying is so much danger in that there's if this, your art is political that way. Yeah. There's this, again, this, this idea of, and I may be being completely unskillful in, in just even mentioning this, but this concept of skillful means and unskillful means that we've discussed. Yeah. And this idea that, yeah, knowing when to say something or saying something at all or mm. not, and knowing when that is a good time to do so. And when it's not a good time to do so, it's maybe just as important. You know, both of those things are just as important to to, to hold back when you think yeah. you should be putting forth, right? And to do the opposite. Well, there's wisdom and compassion, right? Yeah. Those are the uh, you see the uh, Dorge and Bell, these sort of objects, uh, ritual objects in Tibetan Buddhism that are used. They represent wisdom and compassion, the masculine and feminine 
um, for these purposes. They're delineated into masculine and feminine, but that's sort of not important for this conversation necessarily. But so, yeah, there's something called further to that point. There's something called idiot's compassion, mm. which is like, uh, you know, it's the teach a person to fish versus you know, giving them a fish or something like mm-hmm. that. And sometimes compassion has a wrathful aspect. All the wrathful deities, those, those, uh, what they're called tankas, those paintings you see in Tibetan temples, you know, well, what's that God quote unquote, which is not actually a God. It's, it's these, these images, these deities, um, are aspects of mind and they're energetic aspects of mind. And they have properties like, um, desire, and anger and things that we want to sublimate or uh, subdue or work with or work with, right? So it's not so much about repression, you know, we have to admit everything about ourselves. And so these, these deities, these things are out there because we may need wrath in a compassionate, uh, you know, uh, setting. Mm-hmm. And that may be, you know, you, you don't be, you don't have to be a total pacifist if someone's coming to rob you and your family or, or they're going to steal your art or they're doing whatever. It's not about like, mm, I'm going to passively just, you know, sit by because I don't want to do the wrong thing and hurt this sentient being because all life is precious. It's like, yeah, but on the mundane level, the compassionate thing to do is this person should, I don't know whatever the circumstance I'm inventing, but like the person should be held accountable because ultimately it's actually good for them. It's good for society. And now you use skillful means. How do you do that? How do you, how do you, um, you know, uh, if you have to call the police or whatever it is, or you want to, you know, any of these things, um, how do you, how do you do that and not, and cause the least suffering? Mm. It isn't just not acting, you know, it's not nihilism or just doing whatever. See, that's all extreme. That's very dogmatic. I don't do anything. I just opt out or I do whatever I want. These are not the options. It's the responsibility of every moment. This is what is referred to, if I understand, as the middle path. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. So that, that for our listeners is the thing they get quite, uh, people, a lot of people should be, I'd like them to be introduced to is the middle path is very engaged in the world. It's totally in the world. The Mahayana, mm-hmm. you know, the Buddhist, who cares about Buddhism? We don't talk about that, but the middle path is that it's like, I'm doing the right thing here in the moment, in the situation, in the world, because I'm working on myself to have a better understanding of my own mind, my own reactivity. So that when I engage in the situation, I can see it for what it is, mm-hmm. not for what I'm projecting on it. Someone comes to you, you you know, violently, half of the experience is your own fear, Mm. right? The rest of it is what to do with their activity to not harm them, Mm -hmm. not harm others and not harm you. Knowing Mm -hmm. they're a precious human being (laughs) somewhere in your mind, somewhere deep down there, you don't have to have access to that. You know, (laughs) it's unrealistic for that to be, you know, we talked, you talked about nervous system earlier. Another time we met, you talked about how the nervous system and the frontal lobe takes over in certain situations, clearly. Right. But how much training have we done? So we have this cognitive override Mm. where we're like, you know, and that's the same for any situation. How much training have you done in your point of view, in the correct view, it's called, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's a lot of work, but yeah. it is the middle path. And you're always practicing. You're toggling back to the center. Yeah. 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 Um, is all this like way too, I don't know what your point of your podcast, maybe the more simplistic, like I don't, or this. No, no, no. As I said, are, I think, I think the the issues are not as simple on no. this you know the, and they're not really and I, I i hope that for anybody who is listening and i would like to get feedback on it that if there is something to be gained from it within the midst of it within the midst of all of this 
that they can discern something like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think there are all kinds of things that you've brought up that are really worth thinking about and considering. And I think maybe the most important point is that is it is a practice. And if you're, if you're walking the middle path mm-hmm. and you're working to do that, it's not something that's going to just start and end in a week. And you're going to be like, Hey, look, I made it mm-hmm. to the end of the middle path. No, because we can forget. We're always forgetting. We're forgetting creatures. We're just constantly forgetting, relapsing constantly yeah. on old behaviors and old thinking. So we're just training to stay ahead of that. Yeah. And I, so I, I think, uh, you know, if, if you found it confusing, I, I apologize. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't apologize. apologize for anything. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, but I really do think it's, it's worth thinking about all of these things, mm. uh, not just in in uh in working in in art but in and working in anything that you do i think it's important to consider it so i'm very happy to have had you come in and chat a bit more but i think we could definitely have many more conversations yeah. yeah go you know go down a bunch of more different paths and um and i'd be interested to hear what people would like you know maybe want to hear more from you but um yeah if there's anything you want to leave on I'm putting you on the spot um, yeah. to give like perfect <laughs> no, wisdom just, in a 30 No, not second at all. Yeah. Enough of the wisdom stuff. Just that, uh, that I, I always want to impart that, um, I guess I recognize that, that a lot of people will clue in and click into a lot of what, what was said. And, um, and, uh, I just think it's important to share with one another our internal experiences mm-hmm. and to examine them without with vulnerability and honesty and you know hopefully with a little less fear and uh, and always taking into account that compassionate peace and in that I think we we grow that sort of uh shared experience so that we can come to solutions like the one you're you're trying to get at which is like how can we have a better time here yeah <laughs> in this yeah, world. exactly so i i uh, anyway thanks so much for uh, yeah, letting me course. rant yeah. about all that stuff yeah If you like what you heard on the show today and would like to support it, I would encourage you to go to my Patreon page and become a patron. Patrons will get access to exclusive content and can help decide which guests come on the show and what I ask them, as well as other rewards along the way. Support will enable the show to become bigger and better in many ways. There'll be a link to the page on both the Mind to Make website at www.mindtomake.com, as well as in the show notes in the description for the podcast. Thanks again so much for listening, and please tune in next time.